Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Powers on Sports Podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Before we get back to the episode, want to mention Titan Home Lending. If you have any home financing needs in the state of Florida, reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. I can help you with a home purchase, with a refinance, with a cash-out refinance, with a renovation loan, a VA loan, FHA loan, conventional loan, and virtually anything in between relative to home financing. So reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Or you can reach me on email at jpowers at titanhl.com. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. We appreciate you finding us on the platform that you have found us on, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, whatever fine podcast platform you're finding us and listening to us on. So we've got a good episode for you this week. We're going to talk to Tom James. Tom is the play-by-play voice of the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles. We're going to talk to Tom about the NCAA basketball, Sweet 16, Final 8, and his Final 4 picks. Tom is closely associated with Andy Enfield, the head coach at USC. We're going to talk about the USC run. We're going to talk a little women's basketball as well. We had a controversial finish between UConn and Baylor, and Tom's going to give us his uh, Final 4 picks. In the meantime, I'm going to give you some thoughts on Major League Baseball opening day that's happening. Some NFL notes as well. So enjoy the episode. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. If you have any comments, feedback, love to hear from you. How we're how I'm doing. What do you think I can do better? And again, if you have any program ideas. We got some cool uh, interviews lined up for the next few weeks. We have a we're gonna have a Super Bowl winning coach's wife coming up in on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned and tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast and let's get this party started this week. All right, I'm gonna give you some major league baseball notes and tidbits as we enter opening day and the opening weekend of the season. One, you still remember. Most stadiums are going to be limited capacity, up to 20-25% at a lot of places. A couple of stadiums are going to allow 50% and higher capacity. I think out in Texas you're going to see that. Um, opening day, it's always a fun day if you're a baseball fan. Hopefully you'll get to enjoy opening day watching, watching your favorite team play. It's always a tricky time because the optimism is high for everybody, but yet ultimately the last several years, baseball 
just the way the economics of the, some of these baseball teams operate is that you're only going to have a handful of teams that are really going to be worthwhile follows throughout the baseball season. Typically, you're probably only going to have five or sixteen, you know, eight or nine teams in the whole major leagues that are going to be have that are going to have a legitimate chance to win the title. Um, so many of these teams are really struggling. You're going to have some really, really bad teams, and then you're going to have some. Obviously, you're going to have on the other end. You're going to have a couple of two or three really dominant teams, like the Dodgers, Padres, potentially the Yankees. Um, but the optimism for when your team starts the year, that first home stand, that first beautiful day, you get to go to a game, watch your team on TV, see the new players, see the youngsters. It's always very. Uh, positive and optimistic, but ultimately you're going to have some of the same old characters, Yankees, Padres, the Dodgers, uh, the Braves, um, and so forth to the Cardinals made a big move getting Nolan Arenado. So we'll see how all that works out. But it's some of the couple of the teams that we thought have traditionally been good. The Indians, the Cubs, they have kind of turn into into sellers they've got a bunch of free agents lots of uh, guys and especially the cubs i'm very surprised the cubs are kind of taking a a, a path of they think they're going to break the, break the team down there several of their guys are in their last year of their contract rizzo chris bryant javier baez and the cubs are are you hear rumblings that they're not going to be able to pay people i'm like how can the cubs not pay people as much money as they've made over the last six or seven years how are, how are they in a position where they're going to be sellers potentially at the trade deadline and that kind of thing and not able to keep the, their free agent players? Big news out of New York with the Mets. Francisco Lindor signed his, a 10-year, $341 million contract extension. He was a free agent to be. Remember, the, the Mets traded with the Indians for Lindor in the offseason. The Mets are now under new ownership. Steve Cohen, the billionaire hedge fund guy. So there's going to be an influx of cash and enthusiasm into the Mets franchise. Remember the Mets were uh, the were, were sold by the Wilpons and the Wilpons had been involved in the Bernie Madoff uh, scandal to some degree. Therefore their finances had been compromised. So they finally have sold the ball club to Cohen and Cohen has vowed to uh, win a championship in the next five years in New York for the Mets. And this is step one of doing that. They have Signed Francisco Lindor, 341. The Mets could be a team to be reckoned with this year as well in a very good National League East. The Braves are going to be good. The Nationals should be decent. Um, so you, you'll have a pretty good National League East. You got the Cardinals trading for Nolan Arenado. They're, they're the favorite in the Central. Milwaukee's going to be good as well. And then out West, you're going to have the Dodgers and Padres battling it out. The Dodgers could be, uh, lots of people think the Dodgers could be historically good as far as the depth of their team. So many great players. Uh, farm system is loaded. And the Padres are the one team that you can really give credit to because they're going for it this year. They've signed Tatis. They've got Manny Machado. they got Hugh Darvish. They traded for Blake Snell. So they are really making a push to try to be a major contender Um and they'll be, a, they'll be very good teams. It'll be them and the Dodgers in the West. You would expect both of them to make the playoffs. Uh, and again, the Dodgers were probably the favorites in the National League. 
and to win the World Series after they finally won their first World Series since 88 last year. So good luck to your team opening day. Hope it's hope it's you have some enthusiasm. Again, it's a long haul, 162 games. So it's always a long haul, but it starts now. Good luck to your team. Let's transition to the NFL. The draft is four weeks away. Lots of lots of uh, wheeling and dealing going on. The 49ers, remember, have traded up to the number three pick. And now all the speculation is, one, what is the Jets going to do at two? And number three, what are the Niners going to do at three? Lots of people think the Niners are, gonna, are potentially going to take Mac Jones of Alabama. There's some debate of who's the third best quarterback. The Is it Justin Fields? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Trey Lance? So you're going to see all kind of mock drafts. All these pro days are going on this week. Who's throwing to who in air? Those pro days are worthless. I mean, if you can't complete 95% of the balls that you're throwing to air and to no rush, then you shouldn't be having a pro day. But it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, what the, what the, what the Jets decide to do. Are they going to keep Sam Darnold or are they going to take Zach Wilson? Uh, if they take Zach Wilson, then what do the 49ers do at number three? Do they take Fields? Do they take the athlete? Do they take the the one-year wonder kind of a Mac Jones guy who's got the, uh, the, the accuracy and all that stuff to run that Shanahan West Coast offense? Very interesting to see what happens. And, and, you know, who takes Trey Lance, the project? Most people think he needs to sit a year, learn, learn the professional offense, that he's not quite ready to play yet, but we'll see. Will Atlanta take him at four? Will Carolina trade up? Will the Patriots trade up potentially? Lots of chatter about uh, who's going to go where and who's going to make what moves to get their guy. So uh, very, uh, you'll see a lot of misinformation here coming out of these teams these next couple of weeks leading up to the draft. And you'll see, is Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo going to get traded potentially back to New England? Sam Darnold, is he going to get traded? If the Jets take Wilson, he's going to get traded if they take Wilson. If you're the Jets, do you keep Sam Darnold and and, and mortgage, not mortgage, but do you uh, trade the number two pick for a King's Ransom? Possibly do that too. So these next couple of weeks will be very interesting. Deshaun Watson, more allegations are coming out about Watson. I mean, the count of number of, of lawsuits is, is over 20 now. I mean, you don't want to convict a guy in this in the, in public opinion, but man, it is tougher. It's going to get tougher and tougher to not think something nefarious happened with Deshaun Watson with at least a few of these women when it came to massages and all that kind of stuff. I mean, when that many women come out and say, you know, he liked to do this, this, and this when he, when I was giving him a massage, is a little is a little scary and it's ominous. There's allegations that Deshaun Watson uh, offered to make settlements over DMs, that he erased direct messages off of his account and all that kind of stuff. So he hasn't been charged criminally with anything yet. So it'll be interesting what the NFL does. The NFL is, is, is running an investigation. I would be shocked if Deshaun Watson is not suspended for a period of time heading into the 2021 season, um, unless he is just completely exonerated uh, I have a hard time believing with that many uh, lawsuits being filed that he's going to be completely exonerated, but we'll see. Stay tuned. OTAs start for, for, for a lot of the teams, and 
in about three weeks for the NFL. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes with teams coming back to their facilities, COVID testing and all that stuff. How many of the guys are going to get the vaccine? I mean, I just got my vaccine last week. It was very smooth. I don't know. I know there's, you know, you, you read reports. Well, certain vaccines aren't, uh, haven't been vetted enough, that kind of thing. Get the vaccine, people. If you have an opportunity to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Um, it's for the community health, public health factor. Most things are going to be okay with that. Go ahead and get the vaccine, okay? Um, again, NFL draft, we'll have some draft coverage, more, more in-depth draft coverage. As we get closer to the draft, I'll have some draft guests on. We're talking some, talking some specific things with some specific teams of what they want, need, want to do, come draft. So stay tuned to that. Like I said, Final Four weekend, you're going to hear some good chatter and some good talk. Tom James and I having a conversation about the Final Four, about Florida Gulf Coast, about USC, about his thoughts, some historical uh, tidbits. Tom brings it really strong today in his interview. So take a listen and enjoy the interview with Tom James, Florida Gulf Coast, play-by-play man, ESPN play-by-play man. He also works for the city of Ocala. So enjoy the chat with Tom James. You're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. And then there were four. We go from 68 down to the final four in Indianapolis. They are all bubbled in in Indy. We're down to four. We just wrapped up the Elite Eight in the last day. And we down to four. Gonzaga, UCLA, the Stunner, Baylor, and Houston. We're going to bring in, I guess, Mr. Tom James. Tom is the voice of the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, works for ESPN, works for the city of Ocala, Florida, and Tom's very dialed into the uh, college basketball world, and he's very dialed into, knows Coach Andy Enfield pretty well from USC, so we're going to get his thoughts on the USC run, his his beloved Trojans. He's a Trojans fan at heart, too, so we're going to talk about that in the Final Four, and uh, we're going to talk about his Lady Eagles at Florida Gulf Coast. Welcome to the podcast again, Tom. You know why I'm smiling so big, uh, J-Pal? We had March Madness this year. Absolutely. My favorite time of year. It is absolutely far and away my favorite sporting event. And uh, needless to say, going without uh, the NCAA tournament for a year was uh, tough. It was. And this has been, uh, for me anyways, just an absolute blast this year's tournament. Uh, March Madness is is the best thing going. So uh, it's not over yet. And yep. we're excited about the Final Four. It's going to be awesome. That How is. about this? How about this? First time ever, all four teams in the Final Four from west of the Mississippi. That is crazy. And it's and it really is a rebirth of West Coast basketball. You hear a lot of t- people talking about how the West Coast basketball has kind of taken a dip the last few years. It's a great, it's a great year for the Pac-12 and just out west. The West Coast kind of gets a bad rap sometimes in the hoops world of being a finesse, finesse and just not very competitive, but give them full credit. They've earned it. The uh, the West Coast, the West Coast love and all that. And hopefully it's just a resurgence and 
keep some of those recruits that are basketball so big out in the West Coast, keep some of those kids out West instead of them all going to Kentucky and Duke. Yeah, that's it's nice to stretch the nation a little bit, stretch the nation, have uh, everybody in the country, every region. We've got Texas, we've got California, Washington. It's great to have them in the party along with, uh, you know, like you say, the Kentucky Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, blue blood type uh, uh, teams as well. So excited about that. All right. Before we get to the men's draw, I want to get, I got a couple of women's questions for you. One, was that not a foul the other night? UConn Baylor. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure it wasn't two fouls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it turned turned out being uh, no fouls. And so UConn is into the final four in San Antonio and Baylor will be watching on TV. Yes. Wow. I, I, so, was, uh, I couldn't believe they didn't blow the whistle there. I know, I know they like to let them play at the end, but that was a, that seemed pretty obvious to me that that was a advantage game type of situation with that contact. Well, tw- Twitterverse was full of whistleblowers on that one for <laughs> sure after that, uh, after that play went down. But, uh, hey, Gino uh, and the man upstairs are definitely going to be exchanging Christmas cards this year. <laughs> I got you. All right. Give, give the audience a little, you, you, you're, you're the, you do, you do play by play for Florida Gulf coast. The women had a great year this year, made the NCAA tournament. Give a quick little recap of the women's program down at Florida Gulf coast. You know uh, when it comes to, to women's basketball, uh, you know, it's certainly on the rise. Of course. Uh, I want to say that that UConn Baylor game might've had better TV ratings than uh, the elite eight game that was opposite it uh, on the men's side, Florida Gulf coast FGCU won 25 straight games uh, this year, uh, lost two games in the regular season. They had a, a generational player, Kirsten Bell, uh, they call her Shebron. She, uh, other than LeBron James, she was the only player in the history of Ohio in high school to win uh, Miss basketball in Ohio three times. The only other person ever to do that was LeBron. So they called her Shebron. Uh, she was a transfer in from Ohio State wow. and really led this FGCU team this year. She was uh, this morning just named the mid-major uh, player of the year. Uh, that's a team down there that if you've never heard of FGCU women's basketball, it is a party. Their hashtag is raining threes. They lead the nation every single year in three points made, uh, three pointers <laughs> made. Uh, you know, they had a little extra dimension this year with, uh, with Pearson Bell. This is a team that I have to give head coach Carl Semesco credit and his staff being one of the greatest rebuilding, reloading jobs in the history of college basketball. They lost their top seven scorers from last year. Wow. 90% of their points replaced all that and still went uh, undefeated in conference this year. Uh, won 25 straight games and then lost to Michigan in the first round uh, of the NCAA tournament. So uh, an incredible program. Uh, I venture to guess that when it's all said and done, Carl Semesco may be, if not the, one of the winningest basketball coaches in American history when it's all said and done. He's been there a long time, correct? He's the only coach they've ever had. Uh, He just completed his 19th season, 50 years old. Got a long way to go, and uh, he has built a juggernaut wow. down there. That's great. All right, let's get to your other your other connection down there with Florida Gulf Coast, Mr. Andy Enfield. What a run by the Trojans. 
you know, they, obviously they came up, they came up against the wrecking crew last night and Gonzaga. I mean, it was just, it, I felt bad for USC because the game, I mean, their guard play just let them down yes, last night. They couldn't ha handle the ball very well at all. Gonzaga played really well on defense, and that offensive team at Gonzaga is just a juggernaut. But give full credit to Coach Enfield, who I know you know pretty well from your day, his days in Florida Gulf Coast and Dunk City. Just give me your thoughts on Enfield and that USC run they made. Really proud of Andy. Can you believe he's been out there at USC now for eight years uh, right. since he left uh, after the 2013 Dunk City run to the to the Sweet 16? Uh, had uh, some, some good years. Uh, been out of the tournament for a few. Got the Trojans back in there uh, with uh, a, a terrific uh, a cr a crew. The obviously the Mobley brothers, uh, Evan Mobley, and that whole bunch uh, have been fantastic this entire season. Sure. Uh, and I want to say, uh, you know, for, for Trojans fans out there, not to feel too bad. <laughs> what happened last night? Gonzaga does that to everybody. Yes. They do that to everybody. They. I want to, uh, watching that game, try to think about how many easy looks at the basket USC had uh, throughout that game. Uh, not many. Right. Not many. Um, Gonzaga plays uh, an incredible style. They're so well coached. They're so fundamentally sound. They're new school. They're old school. They're all school. I mean, right. that's an incredible team. So, you know, I put that more on what, the good things that Gonzaga Absolutely. did and, as opposed to some of the some of the mistakes that USC made and, and they did make them but uh, I'm really excited for him he, he's a great guy he's a great coach um, he you know he, he's the guy who is has, is building a program out there and that's uh, the first time they've been to the elite eight and you know there's a lot of people out there even now in Los Angeles who you know expected even more out of USC when they hired Andy Enfield that's a football school. Yeah. He's making, he's making uh, USC basketball over the course of time more and more relevant. Have they had some down years? Yeah. But, you know, I know in this microwave oven society where you expect instant results all the time, uh, you know, it, it, it should be good enough because uh, each year that goes by, he, he becomes a better and better coach, and, and that's a great, great program. And what it's going to do for him is it's going to give him more avenues into the recruiting and the, in the recruiting battles. You know, it's a little unlucky for him this year that of, of all years, he goes to the final eight and what happens UCLA makes an even more miraculous run to the final four. And they're obviously they're battling for some of the same kids out in LA, but it's still going to give him a much broader recruiting base now to get kids to USC that may not even have thought of USC in previous years. Well, no doubt. And, and UCLA, by the way, with a great coach, uh, Mick Cronin, uh, they, they took a lot of heat when they hired him. Was he really the right guy? Well, he's done a great job. Uh, you know, they didn't have to play Gonzaga last night, so right. uh, that helped. They played a great Michigan team, who I've been high on all season long. Uh, Isaiah Livers uh, obviously has not been with them yep. uh, for this tournament. I think ultimately that was part of what let them down. But UCLA's suffocating defense, they like to win ugly. Right. And they will make good teams look bad to kind of in a different way from Gonzaga, but uh, same result ultimately. Uh, didn't see that one coming last night. I did Thought not. Michigan would overpower UCLA from the jump and didn't even think that was going to be a close game. And uh, hey, what do I know? Oh, I mean, UCLA, 
you got to love it. When they've got a point guard that looks like Bob Marley, <laughs> how can they lose? You know, Tiger, Tiger's great with Tiger with a Y. So uh, they're a lot of fun to watch. And he's from our neck of the woods. He went to school in Orlando at Montverde Academy, right down this, not far from you and me. So, I mean, he's sure. a Florida guy. I mean, I, uh, so yeah, even, even more, you're right. Bob Marley playing the point and, and uh, now the good thing is now they get to face the juggernaut that USC just saw. So they're going to get their They're going to get their shot at the, uh, at the King of the Hill. Zags are a whole different animal, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I, I don't know if they'll win it all, but it sure feels like they will. It just feels yep. like they're a team of destiny. I agree. I agree. I think, and I don't think, and I don't think there'll be an asterisk of, well, it was a pandemic year. If that team runs the table playing in those circumstances, that all the different uh, stresses they've had to do as far as testing every day and all that bubble stuff, it's actually might even be more of an accomplishment to go undefeated than what happened with Indiana back in the day. Everybody has had to go through it just like the Zags this year. It's as legitimate a championship as any other uh, national title since they start, started the NCAA tournament in 1939. It will be just as legitimate. Um, they are two wins away from becoming the ninth team ever to go undefeated and win the national championship. I, I love the history of college basketball. The first team ever to do it in 56 was uh, – the Dons of San Francisco with a uh, some dude named Bill, Bill Russell. Russell, some dude, dude named Russell. Russell. Yep, and uh, it happened again the next year. North Carolina in '57 uh, beat Wilt Chamberlain in Kansas wow. in triple overtime in the national championship by one point wow. in the greatest game ever played, 54 to 53. Uh, Kansas tried to feed it inside in the final seconds to Wilt. It was tapped away from Wilt, and, and Carolina went undefeated. Of course, John Wooden did it four times with UCLA, and then Bobby Knight in Indiana in, in uh, 76. And what uh, Bobby Knight always says was not his best team. He thought the 75 team that didn't win it all right. uh, was, uh, was his best team. But uh, And here we are now, 45 years later, maybe we'll have it happen uh, at long last again. All right, quick thought. I, you, you may – what are your thoughts on Mike Woodson going back to the Hoosier Nation? Part of that, he was part of that undefeated run. Uh, he played it for Bob Knight. What are your thoughts on Mike Woodson going back to Bloomington? Oh, it's interesting. I mean, I think they're in a try anything situation <laughs> right now. And, uh, you know, I do like it when uh, school teams hire guys who, who bring back and gel together their history right. with their new era okay and uh, right. woodson is the guy that's going to do that and he already said at the press conference that uh, that's kind of what he wants to do um and that will get all fans i think engaged re-engaged uh, with uh, iu hoops but it remains to be seen uh you know whether that program can be what it once was honestly i don't see why it can't be right they've just got to have the right guy Right. If if you can do it in Spokane, Washington, J. Pal, you can do it in Bloomington, Indiana. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't see any reason. It's just got to be the right guy. Is he the right guy? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. 
All right, let's go to the other side of the bracket. You got Baylor in Houston. You know, you had Baylor, Arkansas, the old Southwest Conference showdown, and then you got another Southwest Conference showdown coming up in the semifinal. Your thoughts on Baylor? Is Baylor a team that can give Gonzaga a run for their money come Monday night if they were they can get through Houston Saturday? Yeah, they can. Uh, they can. And I, I'm really looking forward to that Baylor-Houston game. Uh, ultimately, I, I, you know, Houston is, uh, you know, they're one of those teams that, that rebounds the heck out of the out of the ball. They will dominate on the glass. So, I think Baylor's gonna gonna really have to hit shots from the outside. Uh, they got to be they got to be good out there. Ultimately, I like their depth. I like their athleticism. Baylor probably has the best backcourt. Yes. In, in all of, of college basketball, uh, Davion Mitchell is 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 awesome. Uh, Butler Teague. I mean, that is a talented yes. basketball team. You give me, and I think Baylor is going to beat Houston. Although it's exciting to see uh, Houston back in, in the Final Four. But you give me Baylor and the Zags on Monday night, buddy. Let's lace them up and go. That's going to be a heck of a battle. I agree. Not that if you, if you're CBS, you are begging for Baylor and Gonzaga Monday night at nine o'clock for sure. And and. Again, remember, they were supposed to play in the regular season and the game got postponed because Baylor had some had a COVID issue. So this would be the kind of the final accumulation of, of all this buildup of are these two the best teams and they've been the best teams all year. If we can get them Monday night. That'd be the, the best dream matchup. You know, it's cool. I, I guess, uh, you know, you, you consider Gonzaga now has become a blue blood uh, yes. in, in college basketball over the last 20, 25 years. Uh, but who would have thought many, many years ago that Gonzaga and Baylor would be can't miss television, and that would be the ratings uh, juggernaut for CBS? But I think that's what it's going to be. Yep, I and agree. I think people are really going to tune in for that. At least, at least the hardcore basketball fans are going to be all over that. You've got uh, the athletes for Baylor, and you've just got the uh, the tremendous elegant style of basketball that Gonzaga plays I mean uh, they're timeless and they they are so prepared it's really beautiful to watch it's it's basketball it's very best absolutely and from Houston's perspective obviously you have the kind of the redemption story of Kelvin Sampson he had his issues at Indiana again who knows what all the issues were but you know he had some violation type thing got ran out of there bided his time in the NBA for a little while as an assistant and then got the Houston program like you mentioned, the storied program from the 80s, five slam a jam and all that. They went through a swoon of about 25 years of not being very good. And credit to Kelvin Sampson. He's built that program with rugged guys. They play a very physical style of basketball. Not pretty. They, they like you said, their best shot is a missed shot because they're great at rebounding. So, <laughs> I mean, but defensively, they are legitimately, they work hard. They're a from a common man, from a guy that, you know, uh, old school kind of guy, you appreciate how they play because they play so hard on defense. They're not the most talented team, but they got enough scores that they can be competitive. Yeah, you know, that uh, the Kansas transfer, uh, Quentin Grimes, yes. uh, was, was like he was a McDonald's All-American five-star recruit, uh, has really found a, found a home there. Houston, incidentally, though, we'll see how tested they are. They're, they're the first team in history to make the final four by beating only double digit right. to this point in the tournament. So great stat. Uh, but they've had a great year. They've had a great year. 
Uh, it's great to see uh, if you're old enough to remember the five slam jammy years when they went to the final four in 82, 83, 84 with uh, Drexler and Elijah on. And then also uh, they had a couple of final four appearances in the late sixties with the great Elvin Hayes. Right. Uh, and of course that great, uh, great game, uh, first game ever played in a dome in college basketball was Houston and UCLA uh, back in the day, John Wooden and, and coach Guy Lewis and, and Elvin Hayes was in that game. So, Good to see awesome. That was a great stat. My man, Tom James, bring in the stats. I love it. Great stats <laughs> as we head to Final Four weekend. You listen to the Powers on Sports podcast. Jason, Tom James, voice of the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, uh, marketing and uh, econ- uh, economic director in Ocala, Florida, running the show in horse country up there in Ocala. What's your, uh, you, you guys getting excited about the Kentucky Derby about a month away? Of course, of course. I look, you give me all kinds of titles up here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do all kinds of things, and I right. appreciate that. That's right. Yeah, uh, we, the Ocala Metro is uh, is really booming right now. The economy is great despite despite COVID. And uh, horse capital of the world, uh, you know, more total number of breeds of horses in Ocala, Marion County, than any other spot uh, in on the globe. And and uh, total number of horses more here than any other place in the world. And that's why we are the horse capital of the world. And of course, uh, that goes well beyond thoroughbreds, but it is always exciting around here during uh, derby time and, and triple crown time. And uh, so, yeah, always looking forward to that. And uh, are there any big, are there any big, are there any of the horses from that, from that area that are in the mix as far as going to the Kentucky Derby? You know, I, you're, I'm still on basketball. Uh, you're gonna okay. <laughs> get me through the final four. Hey, get me through the final four okay. of the national championship. We will turn the page, and I'll give you all the <laughs> all the derby lead up you want. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's that time now. It's time for you to make some big picks. We're gonna document these picks for all the world to to listen to. One, Tom James, give me your final four semifinal predictions, and give me a winner for Monday night. All right, well, which game do you want me to start with? You pick it. Okay. Let's go to the undercard. Let's do the undercard. Let's do the undercard. Baylor-Houston. Baylor and Houston slugfest. I like Baylor by six. Okay. All right, Baylor by six to advance to Monday night. Uh, God God bless UCLA, the Bruins. uh, (laughs) What what a run to the – what a run – to the to the final four for them uh you know but uh it, it's just going to be a whole different animal against gonzaga and i think the bulldogs are going to win comfortably i really do they're going to get to uh 30 and 0 with a win and they'll be the first team to advance to the national championship game undefeated since indiana state and larry bird in 79 yeah. as they were going for an undefeated year and got uh got knocked off by magic and michigan state so uh, there have been several undefeated teams to get to the Final Four. UNLV in, in 91. Uh, Kentucky in uh, 2015. Yep. We're not able to win it in the Final Four. Uh, and, but I think Gonzaga, nobody's made it to the championship game undefeated since uh, 79 in Indiana State. So Gonzaga's going to do that. And we got Gonzaga and Baylor on Monday night. Put it down. So you ready? Yes. Give it to me. Zags are a team of destiny. 
I got you. I'm, I'm with you. I think that's the I think that's the way to go. The Zags have won like 25 or 26 straight games by double digits as well. So it's not like they've been squeaking by. They've been blowing teams out pretty consistent. I mean, obviously consistently enough, but I just don't think exactly. from one to seven, yeah. they just got too much, too much firepower. The depth is incredible. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's actually now up to 27 games uh, straight, (laughs) one by double digits. And I know their conference isn't the greatest conference. And, you know, you're going to hear that from everybody. They're going to say, well, look at UNLV in 1991. Uh, They didn't play the greatest conference schedule. And that's why when they, when they, uh, they met up with Duke, they, they weren't able to win. Of course they did beat Duke the the previous year for the national title. But uh, I, I really think that Gonzaga, has been on a long build to this moment. You know, yep. they've reached the final four once and, and, and uh, they have been building more and more. And I think this is finally where they, they, they reach the summit and Gonzaga over Baylor for the national championship. Monday night. night. And my night. favorite night in sports the whole year. That's right. Monday no, night. You're absolutely right. And it'll be a historical night if they do do it. Cause with all the circumstances going on and, and it's, it's nothing but a, but kudos to them. So kudos to you, Tom James. You're the man. Great. Some great historical facts. I love it. Keep up the great work calling uh, Florida Gulf Coast. You're doing some beach volleyball come up, coming up here for the Atlantic Sun. So keep up the great work. And I appreciate your time, man. Jay Powell, always an honor to be on your show. It is the best thing going out there. I always love to, love to listen. For everybody out there, tune into this guy on a regular basis. It's a blast. I appreciate it, Tom. Have a great week, man. You too. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.